Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and blessings and welcome to another installment of the Gist of Freedom Estate. This show is produced by acclaimed historian, educator, and author Leslie Gist and serves as our weekly live online discussion to celebrate the African-American experience by honoring all the people past and present, black and white, who with faith and focus are preserving our rich history through literature, the arts, the skilled trades, and the humanities. We thank you for joining us tonight, and we'd love you to be a part of tonight's discussion by calling in with your comments or questions to 347-324-5555. And hello, this is Leslie Gibson. You're listening to the Gist of Freedom. Today we have Aunt Curly Sue, also known as Miss Anita Singletail, Prather. Miss Prather, are you on the line? Yes, I am. Wonderful. Um, would you please introduce yourself to the audience because um, your introduction is so lengthy, I don't want to overlook anything. Well, um, again, my name is Anita Singleton Prater. So my stage name is Aunt Pearly Sue, and I bring Gullah history alive through musical theater and storytelling. Um, former educator, uh, historian, uh, Gullah heritage scholar, and um, write some, produce some. Uh, we have several CDs and DVDs and PBS shows that's been produced to help highlight and preserve the Gullah culture. And I'm a native Bufortonian of historic Buford, South Carolina, known as the Queen of the Sea Islands. And so um, minister and educator, grandparent and parent. So that's Excellent. a little bit about me. And if you want to book Mrs. Father uh, on Pearly Sue, you can dial 843-225-6323. Now, I discovered you online because I saw an advertisement about the PBS. Tell us about mm-hmm. the PBS. Um, we just had a new project called uh, The Circle Unbroken, The Gullah Journey from Africa to America, and it highlights our historical journey uh, by way of West Africa, the Middle Passage Voyage, uh, auction block in Charleston, South Carolina, Beaufort, South Carolina, and Georgetown. Um, 75% of African Americans can actually trace their ancestral roots of entering into America by way of South Carolina. And with Beaufort being possibly the taproot of African American history. So if you're trying to figure out how we got here, uh, what part we played, then South Carolina is a good starting point to start. And um, so that was uh, a project that we completed last April. We premiered it last July in 2014, and PBS picked it up this year. And so it was uh, the premier broadcasting of it on public television was uh, October the 5th in South Carolina. 
And so all the PBS stations throughout the United States and Virgin Islands can actually access it and, you know, uh, broadcast it in their area. You'll have to check your local listings for when it will be premiered in your area. Okay. Why is this story important, and how did you come about producing this project? Well, I'm, like I said, I'm a native Ufatonian, and it's, and it's uh, a culture that I grew up in, Gullah itself. And when I was growing up in this area, you know, you either called Geechee or Gullah, and it was a, a negative thing. A lot of mm. people didn't want to be associated with being called Gullah or Geechee. Um, mm. But, you know, I was fortunate that my parents uh, saw the value in our culture and did not allow us to ridicule anybody, did not did not allow us to deny our Gullah heritage. And so, and um, they were very involved in the civil rights movement in this area. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that black and I'm proud thing, we live that on a daily basis here. Wow. And, uh, mm-hmm. I understand and my, the, geeky, and, the the negative connotation. Um, <laughs> my, you know, my maiden name is Gist. And uh, we're from Patterson, New Jersey, and my, Father's friends would always call him set of gifts, Geechee. They call him Geechee. Mm. And um, it never fazed me. So, you know, I learned what the Geechee, you know, um, culture is like. And I, I'm very proud that it's a, a longstanding culture, one of the longest ones that was preserved, right? Right. right. So tell us more it's about right. that preservation. You know, tell yeah. us, you know, everybody needs to be proud of that. Yeah, because uh, especially uh, Buford County and, uh, and some of the other sea islands along the Georgia, you know, North Carolina, South Carolina borders and Florida borders, because of the isolation of the sea islands, and especially in Buford, because Buford itself is an island. Um, uh, the, the, the Buford proper is actually a peninsula, so it's completely surrounded by water. And because of the isolation on the sea islands, um, and we came here with a natural immunity to malaria because of the sickling in our blood, mm-hmm. then, you know, mosquitoes, that's a, that's a normal thing around rice production because of the brackish waters, mm-hmm. um, had, you know, the masters would leave the plantations mm-hmm. and the white people would leave because they didn't have that... Uh, immunity against malaria and yellow fever. And mm-hmm. so basically we were left to ourselves in a sense. And so we were able to maintain and retain more of our Africanisms. Um, one of the other things is um, we outnumbered the masters. I mean, nine to one. Um, Can we just call them slavers? I just, the word masters is ugh. Yeah. The, the slave owners, uh, right. slavers, you know. um, and and so we outnumbered them. Uh, another thing was in Beaufort County, we were under a, a, a work system that was called a task system. Mm-hmm. We had a certain you know area to uh, work that particular day, and if you had completed that task for the day then for lack of a better term, then the rest of the day was free time for you. Mm-hmm. That means that, and that allowed us to retain, again, more of our Africanisms, 
whereas in other parts of South Carolina and other parts of uh, enslaved states, mm. but from what you call no see to no see that means when you got up in the morning, it was dark and you didn't see anything. And you worked all day long and you didn't see anything. So when they say, gal, how long you work today? Gal, I work from no see to no see and so we had that extra time to do some of the things and still continue to practice some of our Africanisms. Another factor that allowed us to hold on to so much of our Africanism in this area, even though prohibition for fresh Africans to be brought here started in 1807 and 1808, 1807, you know, in, in Great Britain, and then 1808, in America, mm-hmm. they continue to smuggle us in right up to the eve of the Civil War. Mm-hmm. So you have such Africans that came here as adults as late as 1861, because the war started April of 1861. Mm-hmm. So that we have pure West African lives that still are here today. That there wasn't wow. time enough for the masters to start in, you know, intermingling and, you know, raping or whatever you want to call it uh, mm-hmm. with, with, the, with, with the African females. So you have pure African lines that are still here. So all of those Africanisms were brought here fresh from Mother Africa. In other places, by this time, it was kind of watered down because you had three and four and five generations of domesticated Africans that were born on this soil. So those are some of the things that help us to, you know, lay hold to those Africanisms that make this area very unique, make this area a place that people need to come to start searching out their African roots here on American soil. When you mentioned that they were smuggling Africans into the country up to 1861, I Mm -hmm. couldn't help but think about Juneteenth in Galveston, Texas, Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. how they chose Galveston as a place to hide the illegal Africans um, mm-hmm. that they had continued to enslave illegally because they didn't oh, yeah. want the Africans to, to know that slavery had ended. So they put them in an isolated area, hoping mm-hmm. they would never find out that freedom was, uh, yeah. you know, they, that they were free. So Galveston is isolated by for another reason. Go ahead. And see, the flip side of that is that mm-hmm. it's ironic that here in Beaufort, and I tell people Beaufort is what we call first things first. One of the things that was just recently discovered is that, you know, people often talk about um, Jamestown, Virginia, and Ports, you know, and, and, right. and Pittsburgh as the birthplace of America. Right. But the first settlement. A European settlement was actually here in Beaufort County on our Paris Island Marine Corps recruit people. It was called Santa Elena, and it was here 40 years before Plymouth Rock and Jamestown, Virginia. So those, right. that's one first thing. Another first thing that happened here is that in downtown Beaufort, you have the succession house. Um, you had a gentleman by the name of Robert Bonrell Rett, who's known as the father of, of the successionist movement. And he was, his nickname was I Eater because he was always talking trash about, ain't no Yankee going to tell us what to do with these slaves and that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. he was an agitator. 
And, um, you know, well, we're going to have our states' rights and we'll succeed at the union. And the plantation owners had already said that if that tall, linky boy, um, Abraham Lincoln, is elected president this November of 1860, we're going to succeed out of the union. Right. Well, these articles of succession were first drafted in downtown Buford at the succession house at the home of Robert Bonwell Red. And December 20th of 1860, all the plantation owners from across South Carolina gathered in downtown Charleston at the Institution Hall, and all 169 of them signed those articles, and South Carolina became the first state to succeed. Now, the irony of it all is that the war began again here in South Carolina on April 12th of 1861 in Charleston. General Beauregard gave the command, and the first shot was, you know, uh, toward Fort Sumter because Fort Sumter was still Union control. And South Carolina felt like since they had already succeeded since December, and this was five months later, that Fort Sumter, which is near Charleston, should have been turned over to the Confederacy. Well, of course, you know, President Lincoln said, Y'all crazy. (laughs) You ain't gonna just take over. No federal, you know, federal fort. Well, so they fired on it, and that was the beginning of the war. Well, now, I have to ask you after, something. Mm-hmm. I have to ask you mm-hmm. a question because I'm being a little selfish here because I'm a genealogist still searching for a lot of answers, and mm-hmm. um, my family is from um, South Carolina. Um, Chester, okay. I don't know how far that is away from Yeah, that's up, from. That's up near Rock Hill, near North Cal- almost near North Carolina. Uh-huh. On the border. And mm-hmm. um, the research I discovered was this William Henry Giss, Governor mm-hmm. Giss, mm-hmm. Um, a white flavor. Mm-hmm. His name was William Henry Bobo, and he changed his name to Giss. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me what, how is he associated, or even if the, the Gullah Geechee's are associated with Pickney? There was two Pickney. There's a Pickney Hill section of Gullah Geechee people, and it's in South Carolina in the swamp area. And there's Pickney schools, black schools named Pickney, Pickney Church, and there's two um, politicians of the name Pickney. So I was just throwing those names out to you to see if you know anything about the name Pickney. Is it, are you saying Pinkney? Yes. Um, as in P-I-N-C-K-N-E-Y? Pinkney? P-I-C-K-N-E-Y. I'm okay, trying to yeah, find a book right now. I have a book, and it's um, oh, oh. pictures of the Pinkney family. Yeah, well, and yeah, yeah. And, and see, one of the things I need people to understand is that Gullah Mm-hmm. Even though there's a ge- geographical area that mm-hmm. still have a lot of the traditions, mm-hmm. well, it's everywhere. Even because when we escaped these plantations, mm-hmm. we our traditions, we took a lot of our, you know, language ways, our food ways, our religious practices. We took it wherever we found ourselves, you know, in search of freedom. So when people come, especially black folks, when they come to me, they say, where are the Gullah people? I said, look in the mirror. That's the first thing I'm going to tell you, look in the mirror. 
because we and we didn't we didn't just stay here. You had even prior to like I said prior to the end of the war, mm-hmm. you know people uh, sometimes the masters would give them their freedom. Sometimes they would escape to freedom. Sometimes mm-hmm. they work and earn extra money to purchase their own freedom. And when we left here, we took those folkways wherever we went. Right. You know, and so when people go, you know, when people go to France, mm-hmm. you know, you don't you, you don't ask people where the French Frenchmen are. Right. You, you know, there's a certain level of a, you know, that you can say, well, if I if I'm talking to this person, they're probably a Frenchman. Right. Um, even though French people may leave France and come over to America, and you know, try to get rid of their accent, mm-hmm. they they're so French. So right. even though we you. left this area, and you know, a lot of people tried to, you know, because be, like again, to be called Gullah or Gigi or talking that bad talk or talking that broken English, you know, was a negative. So a lot of people fought hard to get rid of that, you know, get rid of that mm-hmm. accent. Well, I was just the opposite. I, mm-hmm. You know, I graduated from Howard. And so when I went to Howard and folks would say, you're from the islands, I got excited mm-hmm. because everything in Beaufort County is an island. So yeah. I ended up on Lady Island. So I said, yeah, you know, I'm thinking they've been to South Carolina. They said, well, what island? St. Croix, St. Thomas. And I ain't been no St. Croix, St. Thomas, you know, then after a while, you know. Back then, I was really a cusser, bless the Lord, hallelujah. <laughs> um, you know, and then by the time I'd say it, with, you know, with all that talking real fast with the GG accent and that kind of stuff, they really didn't know what I was saying. And once yeah. they heard that from Buford, you know, everybody assumed if you're from Buford and you're black, you know about roots and voodoo. I know nothing about no roots and voodoo. <laughs> they thought I did. <laughs> you know, they thought I did. So, you know, folks said, don't get that geese from South Carolina, man, because she might put the roots on you. <laughs> you, know? So, you know, so we all make all kinds of assumptions. But my challenge, my challenge is to people everywhere, black, white, and everybody else, is that you come and you search out your roots. Because if there is, Gullah history is left out of the books then South Carolina history is not complete. And if South Carolina history is not complete, then guess what? American history is not complete. And if American history is not complete, then world history is not complete. Because Gullah is a part of all of our histories. It is not just a black thing or a Southern thing or an African thing. It's the blending of all of those cultures that came together during that terrible time in our history called the transatlantic slave trade. When the Africans were purposefully brought here, especially the ones from Sierra Leone and Senegal and Gambia, rice-producing countries, were brought here to work these rice plantations because we were master cultivators. Mm-hmm. And they were looking for experts, and they found it in us, especially those of us that came from Senegal and Sierra Leone because mm-hmm. by way of Bunce Island. See, Bunce Island was our glory island. For mm-hmm. a lot of the other Africans that ended up in South America and, and the Congo, the, you know, the people from the Congo ended up there in the Barbados and that kind of area. But those of us that ended up here in South Carolina and America most likely came from Sierra Leone by way of Bonks Island. So we okay. came Where's here. that island located? Bonks Island is right off of Sierra Leone. It's part oh, of Sierra Leone. Okay. That's what you're saying, the Glory Island. Okay, that. The door of no return. Where they had the slave castles. That that right, right. was a so you have another door another door of no return on 
That was Bunkala. And you'll find it sometimes it's spelled B-U-N-C-E, sometimes it's B-A-N-C-E. It depends on what time, um, you know, whether it was somebody was writing it from the 1700s. Mm-hmm. Well, I got to ask you a quick question about mm-hmm. these islands. You see a lot of Africans on those islands profiting and capitalizing off of that history. And when you, mm-hmm. you go on YouTube and you see them getting paid by white people to look at, you know, and, and try to experience what we went through on mm-hmm. the Gory Island. And these are mm-hmm. Africans still capitalizing off of their sisters and brothers or grandchildren's horror. Well, let, let me say this. That? Let me say this. We need economics, black mm-hmm. people around the world. Mm-hmm. And if we're not going to tell our story, who is to tell it? Mm-hmm. And why not? If I know my grandmother would always say, baby, grandma doing stuff for you, doing stuff today so that you'll be blessed tomorrow. Right. And if we go back and talk to our ancestors and ask mm-hmm. them, would you be upset that I'm providing legal means of your great grandchildren to be fed, educated? Would you have a problem? I'd beg the difference that they would mm-hmm. disagree. Mm-hmm. So with, when I look at that video, mm-hmm. I, I just can't imagine like uh, descendants of Jewish survivors being docents. At a Holocaust site, and but they showing are. showing Nazis, but they you know, the children of Nazis, the Germans who killed these people. Every, every everybody tells everybody tells their story, but us mm-hmm. and the Native yeah. Americans get to tell theirs. Mm-hmm. And guess what? The Native Americans have one of the highest suicide rates. They have one of the highest alcohol and drug addiction rates because we they, they've been pushed on these reservations, and they don't get to tell their stories. Everybody else gets to tell their stories. Mm-hmm. We yeah, have, we to, have to tell our story. Yeah, we have to. We have yeah. to tell. Let me tell you something. When push comes to shove, mm-hmm. I live in South Carolina, so guess mm-hmm. what? South Carolina each uh, South Carolina electric and gas wanna be paid every month. Mm-hmm. Cell phone companies wanna be paid if we wanna be able to communicate. Right. Whatever you run in your station with, that electricity mm-hmm. has to be paid. Yeah. And if we're not going to this this is what God gave me uh, and then maybe this this will this will make you understand what, what where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. I was in the midst of a performance. Get ready to, in fact, in the middle of a sentence on stage. Mm-hmm. And the Spirit of the Lord stopped me. And he said, as you preserve your culture, your culture will preserve you. I said, Lord, what are you saying? Mm-hmm. He said, as you preserve your culture, your culture will preserve you. Mm-hmm. Lord, you got to make it plain. He mm-hmm. said, through economic development. So this is what this is my thing, Miss um, Leslie. Mm-hmm. I see these young boys walking around my streets mm-hmm. that used to be safe. People could leave their doors open. You didn't. Th- you heard about somebody dying once every six months, and that was from natural causes right. or an accident. 
and they're shooting and killing up one another. This is all new to me. Yeah. I don't know if yeah. it helps to me. Mm-hmm. So it breaks my heart when I see these young boys and I see them on the corner selling crack and selling dope to their old veterans mm-hmm. who went to Vietnam and came back in the month, you understand? And yeah. taking advantage of veterans, old veterans, 65 and 70 years old, strung out on crack, and these young boys selling this poison to them. And I said, baby, how you, why you said, he's a, he's, and they call me, Aunt Nita, we, Auntie, we can't find no jobs. I went to, I can't get a Burger King job. I can't even get a McDonald's job. I dropped out of school, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. What can I offer them? Mm-hmm. That's to pay the kind of money to even compete with the kind of money that they're making selling poison to our people. Right. Well, yeah, I understand. And, you're, and mm-hmm. I, let me be clear. I mm-hmm. commend what you're doing. I'm, when I talked about mm-hmm. Africans, Native Africans, selling our stories and profiting off it's of it. I'm not talking about African-Americans. the same. Those people, are, they're hungry and they're starving. So why is it that they, we sell America every day. Mm-hmm. We sell Mickey Mouse every day. Mm-hmm. People come, they go to all of these amusement parks. That's a cultural thing that they're selling. And they're making money and they're able to provide for their families. Mm-hmm. We have something that the world wants to know about. White folks, I got you. White folks don't buy hair grease. Mm-hmm. Very seldom you see white folks put weave in their hair. You go to the, all the oriental nail shops. How many mm-hmm. orientals do you see with acrylic nails on? But they sell it to us every day. Mm-hmm. We finally have something that the world wants that nobody else can provide but us. Why mm-hmm. not sell it? I understand. Yeah. I, I hear you loud and clear. All right. So um, with myself. Most of my audience, when I give talks, are mostly Caucasians. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to write this book and do this talk, and I'm going to have an audience full of black people hungry for knowledge. And the ones that show up, that's not the white people. That and and um, I'm hoping I'm doing this show with the hope that our people will start coming out and supporting our history because it's something to be proud of. And like you said, it will cut down on suicide and drugs. Once mm-hmm. you have this pride and understanding of who you are, and where you come from, and you don't have to go all the way back to Africa and thousands and thousands of years ago, you have it right here in the United States. We have it in you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm trying to promote local history that's close to us and in, in time and through our bloodline. Go ahead. And see, one of the things we have to understand, mm-hmm. everybody's story is important to tell. Mm-hmm. Right. And all of our stories become, becomes part of a puzzle. Right. And everybody needs to put that piece, their piece in for that puzzle to be complete. And so as we, one of the things that, one of the worst things Mm-hmm. that slavery in America did to us and mm-hmm. taught us to be ashamed of our history and to right. be ashamed of us. Mm-hmm. And you have to, when you, when, when, you, when, you, when you talk about it, it's hard for you to get black folks to come 
because people don't want don't want to remember the pain. You don't want to be associated with slavery. Period. And and one of the things we have to understand at some point in time, see, black people. We, first, we have to come to grips with that. A lot of us sold a lot of us into slavery because mm-hmm. Europeans did not have that kind of power to take twenty million of us off of the second largest continent us being a part of the transatlantic slavery. We have to come to terms with that. Because yes. only when tell the whole truth Amen. will to be set free. Mm-hmm. If you tell a piece of truth, then it just becomes a whole lie. Now yes. I don't like to have to tell people that, but that's the truth. So yes. I want to be free that I have to tell the whole truth. That's it. So now the, then the second thing we have to come to grips with, yes, it was a painful thing. Yes, it was a horrible thing. But how do you get past the pain? Just like when you go to the doctor and you have a boil, and it's painful. But if you don't cut that boil, which may be even a little more painful than the boil itself, to get the infection out, then there's no healing. So so if black people don't come and have a story, Mm -hmm. deal with the pain of it all, so that yes. we can start healing. And we have to realize that it ain't the white man we got to be angry with. It ain't mm-hmm. the red man. It ain't the yellow man. We just got to be angry at evil. And evil right. doesn't have a color. See, because ain't no sense of us marching against white folks mm-hmm. doing us bad, cops shooting black boys, when we got black boys shooting black boys. We right. need to be marching for all of it. Mm-hmm. And be against evil, period. Whether it comes from a black hand, a white hand, a red hand, or a yellow hand, we have to be against what is wrong and promote yes. what is good and what is right. right. And like and you so, said, we're piecemealing that. We're piecemealing our history, our present day history that we're making with the unarmed shootings and the black children shooting each other, as, as well as we have with the history of as you say, the Africans involved with the slave trade. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, we only want to talk about one part and ignore the rest, but until we come to grips, you know, we're still going to be in, in dire shape. So uh, let's talk about the Gullah, the Gullah Geechee Nation I had on Queen Quet a couple of weeks ago. Um, and is it true that the Geechees have a place at the United Nations as every other nation is being represented. Well, not every, but all the other nations at the United Nations are being represented. I don't know. So I, I, okay. I can't ask that for you. Well, do you think that's important? Let me just, Would that be an let accomplishment? Me, let me say this. Mm-hmm. Um, everything is relative. Mm-hmm. And we have to be careful and trying to clump everything together. And Mm -hmm. I say that trying to really pick my words because I don't want anything to to be... You're being cautious. You're saying it very cautiously. I understand. But this this is what I say to people. And I I say this. This is our pearly Sue's. Mm -hmm. This is our pearly Sue's definition of what Mm -hmm. God is. It's a blending of the three ethnic groups, Caucasians, Africans, and Native Americans. 
Mm-hmm. See, because we forget the fact that the Native Americans were already here. Mm-hmm. Many different tribes. Mm-hmm. They forget the many different Europeans. It wasn't just English. You had, you know, from Holland. You had them from Scotland. You had them from Germany. You had them from France. You had them from Spain. All of those different. Africa, huge continent. Mm-hmm. So you had a lot of different African countries that mm-hmm. were represented. Mm-hmm. So it's the blending of all of that that came together, this big pot called the transatlantic slave trade that gave birth to Gullah. Mm-hmm. So can you call Gullah just a black thing or just a mm-hmm. southern thing or just a Native American thing or just a Caucasian thing? It's a blending of all of those cultures that came together during that time in history. So mm-hmm. I go back to the word nation. Mm-hmm. So we, when we, like I said, when we left here, left mm-hmm. here, Beaufort area or South Carolina area, North Carolina, you know, uh, Florida, Georgia area, mm-hmm. we went everywhere. Whether the, whether the slavers sold us, mm-hmm. whether we escaped, whether we bought our freedom, whether mm-hmm. they gave us freedom, whether the, you know, because like like those of us that ended up in Deep County, we were free seven months after the war began. We had okay. something called Big Gun Shoot. What Big Gun you talking about? On November 7th, 1861, 77 Union naval ships arrived in Port Royal Sound. All of Beaufort County, all of those barriers and sea islands make up one big island called Port Royal Island. Mm-hmm. So Port Royal Sound was the body of water that was very strategic in this war. It is the second deepest natural harbor in the United States, only second to New York City. Mm-hmm. So you had two Confederate forts, and it's in the southern part. The, the entrance into that 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 Port Royal Sound is in the southern tip of Beaufort County. Mm-hmm. So on one side of the body of water, you had Hilton Head Island, which is part of southern Beaufort County. On the other side, Phillip Island, Bluffton Island, was Fort Beauregard, still part of Beaufort County. So when those seventy-seven Union ships arrived that morning. Of November 7th, we were talking about seven months after the war had begun. They bombarded those two, those two forts for four and a half hours. After four and a half hours, all the Confederate soldiers left. They evacuated. And guess what? All the white people in Beaufort County evacuated as well. They said except one white person was left, and he was drunk. Oh, no, he didn't know what was going on. Well, I heard they, they, they all migrated to New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the ones from the Confederacy uh, took off and found um, relief here in New Jersey. Last question, last topic, and then I'm going to let you go. You are, I mean, this conversation is amazing. You're full of uh, wealth that I'm learning just an awful lot as far as geography, history, I mean, you're touching on every part of the school curriculum in this conversation. But let's talk about gentrification and if you are experiencing it, because it's a new trend in South Carolina where they're trying Mm -hmm. to convert 
the Gullah Islands into these high-end uh, condos and resorts and things of that nature. Talk about that. That is an issue um, and a serious issue. And what happens is a lot of the young people leave here because of job opportunities elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And they leave the parents or the grandparents, in some cases great-grandparents, for raising children. Um, to hold on to family and heirs' property. Mm. Now, for somebody coming from up north, $800, $900 for taxes seem like a drop in the bucket. But if you mm. are a fixed income and you're only getting maybe a five or $600 check a month, you know, to take care of whatever necessities, mm. then that becomes a bit much. So we lose a lot of property during tax sales. Ooh. And because of heirs' property. And that's one of the things that's happening. But I say how, to... How could you... How, what could... Northern people, black pride, you know, people that supposedly have all this, you know, black pride and want to help black people, what do you envision that we can do collectively to keep our properties off the new auction block? Well, um, there's a GoFundMe, and I'm not certain of, of the exact thing. Of, of, they're calling the webpage, but I know the GoFundMe um, organization that's that's led by Teresa White to uh, get funds to help people pay their taxes or redeem their property after it's been sold on tax sale. Um, but black people have to learn how to use their property to make money. See, because it comes back to economics. And we haven't been taught economics. Folks have been doing this all, you know, I had a chance uh, some years ago to go, you know, to the Caribbean. And you go over there, and, and you know, and because I sound like them, you know, they, they tell me a whole lot of things. And one of the things one of the guys shared with me, he said, he said, um, uh, Holiday Inn don't own my property. He said, I lease it. They own the building, but I own the property so that my right. children, children's children will get the benefit all for this property. Right. I said, hey, that's an idea. Well, see, if we have, we can have acres and acres and acres of property, but it becomes a liability if the property is not making any money. And we right. haven't been taught that there's more than one way. You don't have to necessarily sell your property or, you know, wait until it goes on tax sale. But you can lease your property, especially if you got these nice um, beachfront or waterfront properties that these big developers want. Lease it so right. that once you're dead and gone, your children and your children's children still make money off of it. Yeah. Now, how about you, you mentioned earlier about Jamestown, and I think of Bush Gardens and all of that. Mm-hmm. Do you see a Bush Gardens type? of National uh, Gullah Amusement Park, historical slash amusement park that would draw African-Americans. Don't tell nobody. But, yes, I already have 100 acres. Amen. There you go. My you want to end the conversation here? Yeah, my my, my pastor who, who died about a year ago, but his wife is an awesome woman of God. She took over. But they were they're brilliant. They were brilliant business people. 
she was originally from Trinidad, and he's from Collington County, which is the county just above us, in a rural, very rural area. He to New York, and he and his wife on a dollar and sixty-one cents built a multi-million-dollar home health care business. Mm. Uh, he moved back home about twenty-five years ago, and he bought the property that his great great grandfather, who was enslaved. He's buried on, had had bought 500 acres, had bought 500 acres at the end of the war, and his grandfather lost the property because the grandfather was working for this Caucasian man, couldn't read or write, gave the man his money to pay the taxes, and of course the man pocketed the money. When the property came up for tax sale, he bought his grandfather's property. So he, the, the property had been lost. And when my, when my pastor found out that it was on the market, he came and he made a bid for it, found out that there was another thousand acres that was connected to it. And he said, I'll tell you what, he said, I want all of it. I want all 1500 acres cash in 90 days. And the banker basically told him, ha ha ha, you have to put a deposit down. He said, not a problem. So he assumed that he was going to have, still have his 1500 acres, and this black man's deposit money, but he didn't know my pastor. And my pastor said, as he walked the grounds, the Spirit of the Lord said, look up. Mm-hmm. He said, look up, what do you see? And he said, you know, God, I see, you know, trees of it. He said, look down. He looked down, he said, God he said, what do you see? He said, and God said to him, the gold is in the land. He said, God, what are you talking about? And the Spirit of the Lord had him to harvest the pine trees off of a portion of his property. And he was able to pay for all 1,500 acres cash before the 90 days was over. Wait, now, so when you say the, pine trees, what does that mean? You mean the lumber? Yeah, the timber. Right. So right. He, 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 he harvests he a sold. certain portion of the timber off of that. Not only did he do that, he has two cell towers on his property that will have uh, a lease for 99 years. So he's dead and gone, but his grandchildren and great grandkids will make money off the two towers that he said. And he carried a flip phone. He said, Mr. President, y'all got them fancy phones? I got this flip phone right here, and I'm going to make $30,000 in 30 minutes. He get on that phone, flip it, because he's, he's leasing his property. He has a he has a, a airstrip on his property. He even had White House clearance, so when the, when the, when, when, when certain dignitaries came through there, their train could stop on his That's just how much property he has. He leases some of his property out to the hunting clubs. So hunting clubs come and, 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 and hunt on his property. Now his daughter has moved back. She's an event planner. And they have the, the state of South Carolina paid him $1.5 million dollars for the dirt off of his property to finish widening the highway, Highway 17. Wow. He has cattle. You got, you, go ahead. Go ahead. He has go ahead. cattle on his property, so therefore he get a tax break for cattle. He'll he'll plant maybe two to three acres of property, so he get his tax break as a farmer. So those are the kinds of things we have to educate our people to, that there's a way to make for your property without you having to sell it. But that has to be an educational process. It sure has. And you have done a tremendous job 
of educating my listeners and me personally. And mm-hmm. I wrote down a name, Teresa White. You said yeah, she has a GoFund, a GoFundMe Go campaign, right? And I think it's and something then, about uh, the same African American something. I can't remember the, the the exact name, but she she's the. Okay. I'll find her, and we'll yeah, talk about the air. Yeah, can I make a correction on my contact information? Yes. Yeah, the, the book me or my Gullah Kid folk. You can go to uh, Gullah.tv. That's one of our web websites. Uh, or knowitall.org. I have a Facebook page on Pearly Sue and Gullah Kinfolk or Aunt Pearly Sue. I have two Facebook pages. And my contact number is 843-263-5229. 843-263-5229. And my email address is Sue at yahoo.com. And that's A U N T. P E A R L I E S U E at yahoo dot com. And I had, I wanted you to come in as um, Pearly Sue, but we got to do another show for that. This show turned into something totally different, which is greater than what I expected. Um, also, when we go to South Carolina to learn about the Gullah Geechee, is it possible that you can have? Your church members, the people you talked about that are doing these great things with the land, the air property, be a part of your tour. We, and your we set up, up. In fact, one one of the companies that I run is Total a Total Gullah Experience. You can come. We can set up seminars for you. We can set up tours for you. We can do full stage productions. We can feed you. We can entertain you. We can educate you. Well, we need to be educated about what to do with ear popping because that is primary. All right, so, again, your website is a little slower and your phone number, and I want your character to close out the show with some um, information, food for thought. Gullah, G-U-L-L-A-H dot TV, and they can go on that website. They can see a clip, a trailer of the movie, The Circle Unbroken, a lot of Gullah information. It's like a clearinghouse of Gullah information and Gullah events. Um, December the 4th, we have our uh, Sea Island Gullah Christmas celebration. Christmas just ain't Christmas without our parents and Gullah kinfolk. It is a wonderful weekend with uh, a block party downtown, Gullah tours, Penn Center museums, and then um, Friday night on December the 4th, our brothers and Gullah Kinfolk, we do our big Christmas musical production called uh, Gullah Kinfolk Christmas Wish Freedom Coming. It's the last Christmas before the Civil War, and we put all that history on stage through musical theater. And so you get a glimpse into the quarters, enslaved Africans' quarters, and we're talking about freedom coming, and you get a glimpse into the big house where the slave masters are talking about War coming, and we right, now, do you do you include the the educational component about music, education, food? We feed you. We have a taste of gala. I have about ten different gala um, caterers. I mean, anything that you can imagine that would be on a gala table for Christmas around the holidays. You eat as much as you want. Yeah, you bring your aluminum fall and your Ziploc bag, and you can take. <laughs> you won't. All right. And all right. I'm my artist friends with all kind of beautiful artwork. So it's one-stop shopping. So we can plan a great weekend for you. 
just give us a call. And you can always check us out at the um, Black Chamber of Commerce, B, uh, www.bcc.org. And um, our information is on that website as well. Okay. So come check us out. Come find out. And I'm going to close out with this. If honor don't know where you don't come from, then honor don't know where you're going. Know you gonna know you root. All right. Thank you so much, and we will be in contact with you. Hopefully, everyone will come down here on December fourth and be with Aunt Curly Sue. Yeah. All right. And we'll feed, we'll fatten you up for the winter. So come on down. All right. Thank you so much. Be blessed, Miss Leslie. Love you much, honey. And thank you for the honor. Thank you for the honor. Uh, We'll do this again. Thank you. Yes. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.